0: This is Wayne, and I am Andrew.
1: I had to do like some accounting as I was doing the intro. I'm like, "Who all's here again?" I could hear it. Yeah, yeah I,
2: <laughs>
0: I could hear yeah. your brain just clinking, churning yeah. a little. Yeah, it, it's yeah. like you haven't had any alcohol yet today, Aaron.
1: You know, I, I can fix that. <laughs> I, I, I keep a bottle right here next to the next to the desk.
3: You know, we call that uh, podcast juice. that's the podcast magic right there (laughs) the magic juice you know i um i got excited for a second because as we started recording i was looking at comiXology and uh it said the comiXology and amazon team up is coming soon and i got very excited because i'm like ooh. You know, like, I mean, Amazon owns Comixology. I don't know why they'd be teaming up. I don't team up with people I own, but, you know, whatever. (laughs) Um, But I was like, oh, maybe this means that we will finally get in-app purchasing for iOS devices. Oh, Paul. Yeah, Yeah. false alarm. No. They they, they specifically say, hey, no, just for Android. I want to backtrack
1: to something that you just said. How many people do you, in fact, own, Paul?
3: I don't really know, that? because, I mean, that that requires caring. Ah. Uh, well, <laughs> you like you to, don't care about people you own. <laughs> like to,
1: I I would just think that you'd do an inventory from time to time.
2: I've got people for that. Uh, I, I own people <laughs> for that. <laughs> I'd like to point out that Paul doesn't own people. Only in corporations can own people. <laughs> well well, i'm incorporated just yeah you are (laughs) (laughs) well and and that's only in the u.s
3: uh uh-huh yeah people all around the world international baby
0: he's a global
1: enterprise that paul (laughs) i feel
3: uncomfortable i'm like batman i'm incorporated
1: Okay, well, good to know. Good to know. We're going to cancel, Paul, any moment. Any moment now. Any moment now.
3: (laughs) No one who listens to this podcast is going to cancel me.
1: Uh uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's going to happen. Yeah. So, um, I feel like I'm an outlier. uh Uh ways. No, you are.
2: Uh, No, you are.
1: (laughs) Yeah, certainly in more ways than one, but in particular as it relates to this week's episode of The Book of Boba Fett. Are you
3: about to disparage?
1: I am. Oh no, I am. I uh, <laughs> I did not think it was a very good episode. Really, I uh, I number one, I, I, I remarked to this to Paul earlier in the week that uh, uh, it felt like there were three different directors. It felt very disjointed to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think what, what I really object to is while the uh, digital Mark Hamill I thought worked really well in the Mandalorian. Yeah. I did not feel like it worked well in this episode. In fact, all of his lines were delivered so flat and without energy. And it reminded me very much of the scenes that I hate the most in Return of the Jedi, where, you know, it's just exposition between Yoda and uh, and, and Luke Skywalker.
0: Yeah, see, uh, I know, was about to say for me, I thought the like de-aging stuff worked much better this time from a mm-hmm. appearance standpoint. Oh, yeah, it looked great. And it reminded me of Return of the Jedi, where his delivery was completely flat and he really wasn't yeah. that good of an actor.
1: Yeah, no, that's exactly how I felt. And I mean, I'm, I'm supposed to be really responding to this. And then they did the what I felt like was really cheap. You know, they hail back to, you know, Empire Strikes Back and the, the, the training with Yoda, except it's not Yoda on his back, it's Grogu on his back. And he's the trainer instead of the trainee. And I'm supposed. Supposed to really respond to that from a nostalgic sense, and it just did not work for me. I just felt like you know they realized how weak their script was, and like, well, well, we'll do this.
0: Yeah, I thought work. it was hilarious. I'm watching it with my wife, and she's like, "So is he gonna write on Grogu's back?
3: Mm-hmm. Cause, yeah because Yoda wrote on Luke's back."
2: Yeah. I gotta
0: say, I
3: was, I was, you know, the, the reasons you don't like again. it are the reasons I did. You know, I actually, oh. I mean, no, I hear you. I mean, I, I get why. I, I mean, I get your your reasons are valid. But I, I, Thank you for I validating. Yes, well, you know, <laughs> it's the best I can do since I don't own you yet. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I enjoyed the episode, but it wasn't
0: nearly as good as the last one. There were some things about it that just, I couldn't put my finger on why it didn't feel right. And I think you kind of nailed it there, Aaron. It felt like there were... Multiple different stories going on, like multiple directors or something.
1: Yeah, The only thing the only thing that worked for me in the episode was the stuff with the marshal. I thought that was pretty cool. And Are while you, I, di- I did not know the character uh, that was revealed at the end, you could tell, oh, I'm supposed to know who this guy is. Yeah, he's, I get from, that-
0: he's from I- Clone Wars and Bad
1: Batch. Yeah. And I got that after the fact, but you know, I was like, you could tell by the way it was shot. Oh, they just revealed something. There is a star Wars guy somewhere going, Oh fuck, you know? Uh, but you know, it didn't, that didn't work for me other than that. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. So I, I really enjoyed that, that, that part of the episode, but the rest of it, I just couldn't stand.
0: Yeah. I enjoyed the episode as a whole. Like, so I said felt off to be in different points. I got really annoyed by the whole, you know, he's come there to visit Grogu and then doesn't actually get to see him.
1: And, you know, I understood why, you know, I understood, you know, and, and I, I appreciated the emotion in his voice. Like, you know, I came all this way, you know, I, you know, cause he's got so much deep affection for Grogu. What I disliked was how just flat, even the scenes with Ahsoka, is that her name? Yeah. Uh, even the scenes with her, were flat i mean there was just it was like they just set up the camera on a tripod and walked away there was no you know when you think of the artistry in previous episodes and how dynamic the camera is moving and how dazzling the light is i mean it just it felt like a marvel movie in some respects and how flat the lighting was
0: i really don't know why but she was one of my issues in the episode. Like, yeah. I loved her first appearance. Oh, she was, so, like, that, that, epi- that whole episode was brilliant, right? But, but this time she was just like a frustrating old Jedi and yeah. she looked tired and like she could, there was something about it where it just felt too grounded for that character. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, you know, Wayne, you're much more familiar with her, her uh, legacy. Uh, I, I know her just from Mandalorian and, and now of Boba Fett. Uh, but I was, I was just like, wow, what happened? <laughs> you know, it just felt like everyone was sort of checked out uh, in this yeah. in, in this episode.
0: She's a character that has basically rejected the Jedi because of how they treated her. Yet she's acting like the old Jedi Council.
3: Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I liked it, but I get why. You, I mean, like I said, it, it's it wasn't. I felt like it was intentionally so. Um, like when, you know, when what you're referring to is as flat and, you know, I, I mean, I, I felt that that was intentional. Like, I mean, and that being said, the directing style. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of funny to say this because both are new directors, but Dave Filoni as a live action director is no Bryce Dallas Howard. I mean, you know, she's knocking it out of the park and everything she's been directing lately. And he's, you know, he's still learning. Um, yeah. Well, and don't get me wrong; it's still the second best episode of the. Oh, the book about Fett, right? I mean, yeah. that's not a high bar, but uh, <laughs> no, it's not. But yeah, I mean, I, I liked it. I, you know, the the nostalgic elements did work for me. I did, you know, the the CG Luke. You know, I think they're going to struggle with CG Luke in that. You know, if, if you watched, if, you know, if you guys watched that making of Mandalorian, um, whole episode about CG Luke. Um mm-hmm. You know, they they the, the, the voice itself is computer generated and I feel like maybe that's what we're struggling with is the la- you know, it's kinda like the it's almost like what do you call it? The uncanny valley. It's the uncanny valley right. version of a voice, right?
1: So I, I just assumed Mark Hamill was was laying down some tracks and that they were manipulating it, but you're saying that's not the case? No,
3: they actually have sampled basically uh. used all the archival footage that Disney has in stock and have created a computer generated voice for Mark Hamill oh uh, yeah interesting
2: yeah at
3: least that's what would, they did in the Mandalorian
2: Right. Uh, would, I don't know if would, they did would it be it. cheaper to just pay Mark Hamill to do some lines <laughs> yeah, I mean it, I, I hear Mark Hamill can do some voice acting
3: yeah it's weird like I don't know why they would choose to do that but I wonder if they did it intentionally to ensure it aligns with the mouth which is kind of stupid because this CG mouth doesn't really work either um but you know i mean i don't know but yeah they they went i'm like why would you do that like literally you have mark hamill there doing mocap like just have him voice it but i think they wanted to ensure that the luke sounds like the luke of the that era and not you know mark hamill 40 years later which for what it's worth doesn't sound that terribly different he's a voice actor but you know i get it It, it, it's it's i think one of the things that that struck me about this episode is when they had CG, Luke, and Mandalorian, it was expensive as hell. I've got to yeah, imagine yeah. this it really was Yeah, look pro- that good. Yeah, I've got to imagine this was probably... I mean, this was probably movie-level budget for this one-hour episode of of Boba Fett. Between all the CG, Grogu, CG, Mark Hamill, I mean, all the stuff that they did. But, I don't know, I, I, I liked it. And, but to your point, Aaron, as much as I... The the Luke elements really hit on my nostalgic thread. What, uh, my favorite parts of the episode were with um, Timothy Oliphant, because oh, he's so just good. so yeah. so damn charismatic. He really A- is. And, and you know, one of the things that struck me is Timothy Oliphant has apparently turned into Pierce Brosnan, because spitting image of Pierce Brosnan, I think. Yeah. Um, well, and both of them are just gorgeous men. <laughs> very true. Very true. I, mean, yeah. would, I, I would be happy to see on television.
0: Did you guys see the article that Judd Winnick is complaining that he didn't get any credit for the episode because uh, that character, the uh, the marshal, he created in in his novel?
3: Oh, really? really?
0: Aftermath. I didn't even know that he created it in the aftermath until he was complaining about it because Aftermath was not a particularly good book.
3: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I don't know. (laughs) I mean, whatever. It's you know, you're it's a writing for hire. It's kind of you know going back to the Stanley of the sixties type stuff. But I mean, ultimately what, what struck me most about book of Boba Fett is that we have now had two episodes. And in those two episodes, Boba Fett has not really said a single word and not even appeared in 99% of the episodes. And they've been the best of the series, which is really sad for the series. Well, really indicative of the, of the series itself, right. Of, of the stru- of the problems with the series. I mean, I yeah. like the actor, but I feel like, What they've done to his character is not, you know, is not interesting. He's not an interesting character. What I'm excited about next also has
0: nothing to do with Boba Fett. Fennec Shand and that bounty hunter that showed up at the very end that you didn't know, Aaron. Cad Yeah, they have a history. In one of the episodes of the Bad Batch, they are competing for a bounty. When they spend the whole episode fighting each other. So I can't wait for those two to see each other in live action. Well, I I will say you know going back to your comments, Paul, about you know there there had
1: you haven't enjoyed Book of Boba Fett except for these last two episodes. The one before I it, really, I did like too. The fourth one, I really yeah was that the one with the Tuscan Raiders? Yes, that's the I really enjoyed that. I thought, oh okay, now we're getting somewhere. Um, I, but yeah, I mean you know the, the series has been rather lackluster, and it's just so. It's so apparent when you compare it to, you know, the overwhelming quality of The Mandalorian. And yeah. this is, it's really weird because it's it feels like this back half of the season is a backdoor season three yeah. for, uh, for Mando.
3: It's just, it's weird. It is. It's it's, it's, been, yeah. it's definitely been weird. And my biggest disappointment with Boba Fett, and I'm sure, you know, not to sound like a fanboy because I will tell you, I was not a Boba Fett fan going into this show. Yeah, same, and I, I, I could give a shit, but I know people are like, oh, Boba Fett, you know, badass bounty hunter. Like, no, not really. Not I really, not, but, not really. But, you know, they were going to make a show. I'm like, okay, okay. Like, you know, now we're going to... Like, he was really good in Mandalorian, you know, this older, grizzled Boba Fett. And, you know, when you watch the, this show, it's like, oh, Boba Fett's just, like, a dude. And not only is he a dude, he's, like, actually nice and fair and... <laughs> decent and, and he's and nice.
1: apparently wise and, yeah, and wise <laughs>
3: and a good pet and, owner and i'm like and not what? very good in combat <laughs> yeah, and not very good in combat he's just like a nice normal fair boss yeah <laughs> now it's like why yeah. like that's the turn that you wanted to take with this show you just wanted to make yeah. boba fett boring a nice guy yeah <laughs> like oh yeah. yeah he's so kind to the rancor and he, and he's like oh he's, he's, he's petting tra- him I'm like what, what, what am i be watching your nice uncle Boba Fett, yeah, Uncle Boba. <laughs> um, but there's only one more episode, which is like, oh, okay, like you know, we had two, we, they, we took this side story for Mando, and now all of a sudden it's over. We've got the one final episode, and it feels like there's a lot to resolve. But I feel, but like will you're we... assuming they'll resolve anything. I think they'll resolve some of the Boba stuff, like the crime syndicate, the Pike stuff. I think the Pike stuff will be resolved. I think you Where's know, Grogu may wait for the following show. I can. Get- absolutely see the
1: pike stuff carrying over into the next season of mando and
3: yeah. do we have
1: an announcement on when that's happening
3: no but apparently the next thing that will actually come will be the um season the season well i shouldn't say season um obi-wan kenobi i think starts well, in may
1: and we did seem to see, we we did seem to get some links to that you know it, from flashbacks we saw from grogu right mm-hmm. uh so i i it's interesting what they're doing. I really hope the Obi Wan show is much better than this Boba Fett stuff. Because boy, the only, the only reason I tune in on the Boba Fett stuff is that hey, it's new Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. But you know that 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 sort of tag's only going to carry you so far.
0: Yeah, I dropped the show at episode three. Yeah. I only watched episode four because everyone was telling me episode five wasn't even a book of Boba Fett; it was a Mandalorian episode. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, well, I guess I need to watch episode four. To see what happens before episode five, because I was done with the show.
3: You know what it reminds me of when Netflix did The Defenders? Mm-hmm. And you know, they, yeah. they had, you know, it was yeah. right after all the, it was after like the first two seasons of Daredevil, and then you had Iron Fist and Luke Cage and Jessica Jones. And I'm watching Defenders, and every time Daredevil or, or the Daredevil supporting cast was on screen, it was like a worn blanket. Like, ah! Yeah, God, they're was, so much it, better than everyone else in it this lit show. Up, right? Yeah. It lit up. I was like, "Oh man, they are so good on screen," and then they flip to like Iron Fist for 15 minutes, and I'm like, oh, I'm checked out."
1: But you know, I, well, and that was the the big problem was that the the guy that they all the casting for Luke Cage for Jessica Jones for Daredevil was spot on. On the casting for uh, for Iron Fist was terrible, and the writing for Iron Fist. Was terrible. And the
3: choreography for Iron Fist was terrible. Yeah, but all that stuff carried into the Defenders. Like I get like, but it was different writers on the Defenders. Yeah. But they still wrote his character shitty. And honestly, I you know even Jessica Jones and Luke Cage, when watching them in the Defenders, I'm like, eh. But then Daredevil or um you know Foggy or Karen would pop up on screen. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, this is good stuff. Yeah every time but that's how that's how boba fett feels to me like every time mando's on screen even though it's literally not pedro pascal in the mask it's yeah. just the voice you know probably recording it via zoom from the set of last of us it's just like a warm blanket
1: <laughs> well, and that is how i feel about peacemaker every single episode of peacemaker uh has been phenomenal yeah uh, th- And even though there was a significant change in tone on this week's episode, I freaking
0: love this show. Well, can I just say James Gunn is a music savant for finding the perfect song? Yeah. I mean, he's introducing me to bands I've never heard of throughout the series. And this episode, he had one, he had a song that was just absolutely the perfect song for the moment. Was it the, she's a monster or she's my monster. My she's favorite.
1: She's my favorite monster. She's my favorite monster. It's a good song. And you know, I, By a I heard, band called the, called reckless love. You're right. The music is, is terrific. And he's got a great ear for music. We, we, we saw that in uh, guardians of the galaxy. You know, he just, he knows the perfect song for the perfect moment. Uh, I got to tell you, this episode broke my heart because I really like Sophie. The oh, yeah. And, oh, my God. <laughs> devastating. That really was. I mean, and she, she hasn't had much screen time, but I have enjoyed her every time she's on the screen. In fact, she's one of my favorite moments in the opening credits. You know, the yeah. little dance bit she does. I, I I just find her
0: so charming, so she's like one of the most... Uh... Like, one of the best dancers out of all of them in the opening. That's right.
1: That's
0: right. I really enjoyed seeing The Janitor again. I did not expect oh, a yeah. back to the first episode in The Janitor.
1: Yeah. Oh, and I, I particularly enjoyed, you know, uh, Peacemaker doing Q&A in the elementary school classroom. You know, uh, <laughs> have you ever met uh, The Flash? Yeah. And like everybody else who's ever met him before, I thought he was a real D-bag Have you ever met Wonder Woman? Well, not really met her, but she, you know, she, she She was, yeah, she I F'd me across the classroom. (laughs) (laughs) I love Peacemaker. It is such a good show. I will get
3: caught up on it. I do need to, I I mean, I'll probably end up catching up when the series is all, when the first season is over.
1: I'm actually really eager to, to once it's done to binge it, you know, and, in, in a rather continuous mode, because while I think that it, it works really well episodically, uh, I think watching it all together uh, will also be uh, a, a really positive experience. I've just the quality is there, and you can tell everybody is enjoying what they're doing. Everybody's giving
0: giving it their best. Love this show. Well, and we talk a lot about the funny moments and the big action moments, but. There's some serious character development happening for multiple characters on the show too. And I had no idea that John Cena had the range he has. Yeah. well, and Aaron, did you know that's actually him playing the piano?
1: I did. I did because I saw a uh, that uh, John uh, James Gunn uh, posts you know behind the scenes stuff every week in his Instagram and he did a whole bit on uh, on Cena playing the piano. And I was like, "Holy crap, that's actually him!" And you can tell the, by the way they shot the episode that that's actually him playing the piano. I, I'm I'm deeply impressed with Cena's skills.
0: Yeah, I mean, I said so much character development, and you can see it on his acting.
1: Yeah, and yet you can tell this is a passion project for him. Uh, I, I I I I'm eager to hear when they announce a season two, and that uh, James Gunn will continue to be so tightly involved in this because. Wow, this thing is so cool, and it it is apparently the number one television show in the
3: world. Huh? Which I find extremely interesting. (laughs) (laughs) We have an interesting. We live in interesting times, Aaron. We do. We do. You know, Wayne was talking about the janitor. Apparently, the janitor is a thing this week because the janitor was a main character in Monkey Prince number one. Monkey Prince. You know,
1: sometimes they aim a book right at you. (laughs) You know, hey, we we need to make a book that Aaron will absolutely buy. And, uh, you know, the guys were like, well, you know, you pick it up and tell us what you think. Uh, I, uh, I, I, the guys asked me, what'd you think of Monkey Prince? And I said, I liked it. Paul followed up with a, but
3: you didn't love it. I liked it. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, okay, like Aaron Aaron's gone to Aaron's. Aaron's done things for me before. Oh yeah, that he hasn't wanted to. But we have.
1: We have always said that we wouldn't talk about that on the mics, Paul.
3: Not in any details, but (laughs) you know. So I was like, okay, this is just as bad as the things I've done to Aaron. Let me pick up monkey (laughs) press. This
2: this is nowhere near Starman level of of anything. No, Space Man. Man. (laughs) But but it it
3: also wasn't good. I, I. degree. Really? I did not care for this book, and perhaps... I did
1: not know you, you picked it up too, Andrew. I'm sorry. I guess I should have looked at what you posted earlier today.
3: No worries. No worries. It was early. <laughs> I was up early. Well, Andrew, what'd you like about it? I'm not going to dispute you. I just want to know.
2: Oh, sure. So, you know, it was written by uh, Jean Lien Yang. It was uh, the arts done by Bernard, Bernard Chang. Uh, there there's several things I liked about it. There's the sense of humor that kind of runs throughout it. There, there's the uh origin story of the protagonist uh, uh parents uh, that I, I enjoyed quite a bit uh i love how true it is to we're going to give a teenage character powers and the ability to do what they want to do and of course the first thing to do is they're going to somewhat abuse that power and ability to to right you know wrongs that they feel that have been perpetrated upon them uh but no, I, you know, the, the protagonist is kind of this deeply flawed character who walks in on his parents being beaten up by Batman uh, and develops panic attacks at a young age and then uh, later on finds out that his parents aren't really his parents, which uh, I, I enjoyed that turn as well. Um, it, I, and also the last that last page, that was kind of like holy shit uh, type of moment where Batman shows up to deal with this newly birthed, uh, let's say, metahuman at the moment and uh, just a uh, slight miscalculation and, and suddenly blood is spurting all over the locker room walls. I, uh, I I very much
1: enjoyed the scenes, the the opening scenes of the book where the kid walks in on, you know, Batman knocking his parents around mm-hmm. and how traumatizing that is. And it really. It really places, you know, our, our, our one of our favorite heroes as his, you know, villain. Right. Um, I, I, I like that. I like that positioning. But I got to tell you what I really enjoyed. I think my favorite moment in the book is where he uh, uh, begins, you know, demonstrating some of his powers and some of his, you know, uh, unique characteristics when his tail emerges in class. yeah. And the girl sitting behind him in class is like, what is that? <laughs> I, just, I just cracked up. I just cracked up. And, you know, I, I suppose I should say that uh, one one of the things I tease my wife about is, you know, I, I frequently accused her of formerly having a tail. And, uh, and, you know, that she she's, you know, part monkey and that her tail was prehensile and that Aww. she could, you know, hang upside down with it, perhaps hold a, you know, a beverage. Uh, and I've, I've got her sisters doing it as well. <laughs> In this scenario, what happened to her tail? <laughs> well, her parents had it removed, uh, when, when she was, was a young. Girl. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So that she wouldn't have to bear the stigma of being the monkey girl.
0: And, uh, I figured it was uh, just cause it, it'd be really hard to find clothes for a monkey girl.
1: Well, you know, I, I, I you know, yeah, yeah. 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 You, know, you know, just, you know, it just, it, it, it finds a way, but, uh, I, I tease her about that all the time. So when the when, you know, and I'll frequently ask her, you know, do you miss your tail? You know, like when when she'll, we'll see a monkey on TV, does that make you miss your tail? She gets super annoyed with me. <laughs>
3: yeah. But uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> the tail emerging in the classroom, I'm like, hey, honey, look at this. <laughs> Remind you of anything. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I also love you know how uncomfortable uh the the janitor uh makes Marcus uh when he talks about his mom as a wide hipped beauty Oh yeah, I need some more of that in comic books and media in general. I need some more references to wide hipped beauties uh, well
1: i I always enjoy uh when characters are are you know reference other people's
2: mothers. You know,
1: I, I just i I really get a kick out of that. Um, it is highly amusing to me.
2: I mean, we had several years of this podcast that rotated around you know different people's mothers.
1: Well, I am frequently reminded that uh, you know when 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 paul is is receiving some jibes about that that uh, in uh, high school and college had a friend whose mother was gorgeous. And we used to say things to him like, you know, when I marry your mom, I'll be your dad.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So did you
0: ever enlist a professional comedian to create a character whose dog was named after your friend's mom?
2: (laughs) That might have happened. That might have
0: happened.
2: (laughs) I will say that I didn't didn't care for how they drew uh, Damien, you know, when he's out of costume. uh, Right. calling calling uh batman i I was looking at that picture that looks that does not look like damian wayne to me at all yeah
1: no it's not until he gets back in costume that you're like okay that's that's who i know but yeah when he was in his uh, street clothes did not look like him at all but you know i i found
2: the book enjoyable oh yeah uh i I, and i think i'm gonna pick up number two well i gotta find out what happens after that last page uh yeah I, I have an idea, of course, what's going to happen. Uh, yeah. But it's such a dramatic end uh, to the book that, uh, I, I yeah, I want to know what happens next. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm sorry, Paul. Paul, what specifically did you uh, not enjoy about it? <laughs> I didn't, I, you know, for
3: me, I didn't care for the writing. Um, and, and perhaps it was because this was the second book I read this week that felt like somebody in their 40s was trying to write, what they think a teenager should sound like um because that's what both books felt like i'm referring to primos um from awa uh because that and this book had a lot of similarities in that they are about teenage characters troubled teenage characters who you know are are, are thrust into the super powered world you know primos is is a bit more mature like language wise i should say not in 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 writing, um, but mm-hmm. you know, Monkey Prince. I don't like it, i it, I I found found it silly, you know. And, and I I know the book is called Freaking Monkey Prince, yeah. Um, so I should expect some some level of of of, of silliness to it. But it, I don't know. It didn't. It did not resonate with me in the same way that it sounds like it did with you. Because I'm I'm certainly out on a shoe. I didn't hate it. I didn't throw my iPad across the room. But I <laughs> I, I read the book and I'm like, eh. Like you know, he's walking around and he's got like the burp clouds following him, and it just—I don't know—like it, it just felt like a a, a little a little dumb to me. But I'm so I so I am out. Uh, oh, Paul. I know. Well, You're that's so okay. Old. You're so old and responsible and cultured. <laughs> that's four dollars more I can spend on on reading uh, other shitty comics.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, Paul is complaining about uh, middle-aged men writing teens. Maybe he just doesn't know what teens sound like.
2: No. Maybe. Yeah. I mean I I agree it is a silly book. Uh I would go I, I would not say it was a dumb book. I would say it is a silly book, but
1: that's one of the things I like about it. Yeah. But I would say that Paul is
3: dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I would agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about Fantastic Four Reckoning War number one? Apparently yeah. Dan Slott's been building up to this thing for like fifteen years, he says. It, who put this on their
2: list? I did. I did. Okay, because okay. I uh, I just saw someone put put a picture. I was like, oh, I'm gonna pick that up. See what it's about. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I I was not overwhelmed.
0: No. Really, I no. I was blown away by this book, and it is an early contender for holy shit moment of the year for me. Oh.
2: Uh, when when the moon goes away?
0: Yes, I do. I have to admit, I am comic book reader jaded at this point. That. When something huge happens like that, my first thought is, okay, by the end of this story, either the universe is going to be recreated or some sort of time travel is going to make all of this never having happened.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, we have to have a moon. So, uh, you know, something's going to happen there. But I, I I agree, Wayne. I thought this was a really interesting book. I, it, I am generally... Uh, not disposed to uh you know being in on the big event books particularly at marvel uh but i dug this this you know harkened back to a lot of stuff in fairly recent marvel history as well as stuff yeah. deep in marvel history and i i i loved you know all the different corners of the marvel universe that are bringing into it i mean it's it's got all the elements i feel for a really good
0: event book Yeah, it grew directly out of Empire, but it goes all the way back to the Watchers' original sin. Right. What made them Watchers. And we've always heard about it, but never gotten this level of detail to what did they really do. And the consequences of what they did were far bigger than I imagined.
1: Well, and having Dan Slott run this thing, and Dan Slott being the current Fantastic Four writer, It is nice to see that our Fantastic Four characters are of the same moment, uh, that the issues that they're dealing with in, in the pages of Fantastic Four are the same issues that they're dealing with in the pages of Reckoning, uh, and that they've got a a consistent voice uh, amongst themselves as well as with their supporting cast. I dig that, you know, it, it feels like, okay, you know, this is, this is right in that mode. It is of a moment, uh you know Ben Grimm has got his you know adopted kids and he's dealing with that issue that he doesn't want his uh son fighting you know he wants his son to be able to give up you know combat and
0: violence yeah, I love that scene the uh yeah the son steps in to save him and his take on that was you know thanks for the save that just means I have to fight double hard to make sure you don't need to
1: right it's a great scene I, I, I liked this uh, book a lot. I am really hoping that the quality continues throughout the uh, throughout the event. Because, yeah. boy, it
0: was super good. And the pieces they're putting on the table. Dr. Doom being like, uh-huh. okay, I got to go because I got to save reality. Yep. Silver Surfer tying back into the uh, the Silver Surfer run that I read that you guys didn't care for. He ended up going back to the previous universe, surviving through it with Galactus and seeing the entirety of our universe from the beginning. That was a Dan Slot book. So mm-hmm. that when they mentioned that he saw the first reckoning war, that's because he has lived the reality of our entire universe from the beginning and seen it all.
3: Well, you know, I haven't been picking up Fantastic Four books. So I I I you know, I didn't pick up Reckoning War because I knew it was playing into current events in Fantastic Four. But I will tell you a fantastic Four book i am excited about marvel announced does this it have, week does it have herbie in it paul it might look we don't know <laughs> it might because it has the new there, there's a new fantastic four book hearkening back to that tale from from way back when fantastic Four three 347 from walt simonson and arthur adams um and 348 uh so they are they are revisiting that time frame in a new fantastic four book um, you know, if you don't remember the the book, Fantastic Four were, were were taken off the table for a few issues and replaced by Ghost Rider, Gray Hulk, Spider Man, and Wolverine as the new Fantastic Four, and you know, for only two issues. They, it's a it's something that Marvel keeps keeps revisiting, um, mm-hmm. but this is the first time they've actually gone back to tell a tale set during that time frame. Yeah, it's really interesting. After last week's conversation about how many different parts where
0: marvel's been doing these books that go back to a previous run mm-hmm. but for me this group that was the perfect time frame to put them together because every time they have tried to go back to that and re recreate that moment it they haven't work. been able to yeah and it's usually because of where the characters are at now in their stories going back to that moment when those characters were you know those the gray hulk specifically danny catch Ghost Rider. I'm really looking forward to this book Because yeah. the original story was good But those are characters
3: in that era That I really enjoyed Well, so I have a couple of things That I want to mention about it. As excited as I am for this book I have a couple of notes And I'm sure I don't need to give Marvel notes because And, and Peter <laughs> David's writing <laughs> this book So Peter David doesn't need my notes But looking at the cover That Marvel has released for this book It has a wraparound cover by Nick Bradshaw And don't get me wrong big nick bradshaw fan he's the poor man art the poor man's arthur adams but i feel like marvel has arthur adams on the payroll right <laughs> now so you should just <laughs> get, just get him to do show. your cover <laughs> um, so one get him to do your cover two looking at the cover it shows both for you know both the the fantastic four and the new fantastic four on the cover and i'm struggling with it because the Fantastic Four are in their costumes of the day, except for two instances in, in that that was when Thing was wearing a helmet because he got clawed by Wolverine in the face. And that was when Sue Storm had her boob window and neither of those are present on the cover.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, you also had Lady Thing, right?
0: Yeah, I yeah. saw her on the cover. And I was excited because I'll be honest, I don't know whatever happened to that character. She I, showed up for
1: a moment in the Matt Fraction Fantastic Four run, as I recall. Uh, but yeah, I'd, I don't know where, what
3: she's doing these days. I totally I sure forgot I, Fraction Fantastic Four for a little while.
1: Yeah, but you know, I, I really, I really enjoyed that character back in those days, and I'd love to see her come back. You know, I, I, I'd love to see that. I think that would be a lot of fun. I'm excited I, about New Fantastic Four, too. and don't get me wrong, I love the current run of the. Fantastic Four, but I enjoyed those two issues, and I never felt like they got—we got to spend near enough time with that iteration. Uh, it's kind of like every time Luke Cage shows up as a member of the Fantastic Four, but from way back in the day when he replaced ben grimm when ben lost his powers Mm -hmm. um you know i i I, i've always enjoyed those i always kind of enjoy when we've got the substitute heroes
2: yeah i Um, love sea hulk's run on fantastic
0: four
1: yeah yeah yeah. it was
2: great i'm also quite excited about the new new lineup i i just hope it's better than the 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 reckoning war number one
1: (laughs) i'm sorry you didn't like reckoning war
2: well, I mean, so you have this whole plot line that, oh, you know, the Badoon have all these super powerful weapons so they can blow up the moon and they can challenge the status quo. Do you notice that in this entire book, no Badoon fires a weapon in hand-to-hand combat once? <laughs> they're fighting, they're having this massive throwdown with all these heroes in the streets of Manhattan and not on a single page. They they carry, they're carrying guns, but not on once. In the entire book, does a Badoon fire a gun in anger? Uh, You know, I I find they got
1: the weapons, but they didn't get the ammunition.
2: Right. And I like the not so smart. I I mean, Badoon just tickled my nostalgia from reading the old uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Absolutely. The futuristic ones, right? And did the new Warriors get back together? Did Speedball go back to being Speedball instead of Penance? Uh, I think they they did.
0: eh. Yeah, they did. He did at some point. I I know he did, but I
1: didn't read the story where it happened. I want to say there was like like a New Warriors one shot or something where they all got back together. And and for some reason, Richard Ryder was there, too, even though Richard Ryder was in space. By my recollection, I I could be absolutely off base there.
3: But that was my my, my
1: recall of that over the last several years.
3: You mean they didn't pay attention to continuity? I know, right? Well, it's funny you should mention that because I should take my my earlier statements back. About about my issues with the cover of, okay. new, of new fantastic because for 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 my for the listeners for sardell who's angrily typing at his keyboard <laughs> the, the the when wolverine slashed um things face is when they brought the new fantastic four back for issue 374 and that's when sue had her boob window and the thing started wearing his helmet so that so this issue this new series has to take place between fantastic four 349 and fantastic four 374, for that cover to make sense
2: thank you thank you for correcting yourself well i did not want to have to deal with all the mail uh, the, hate mail. <laughs> well, the I, hate mail the death the Sardell was
1: going to take him to the woodshed i mean clearly <laughs> yeah.
2: clearly but then you have you have Nick Fury, you know the the unseen, the Great Watcher, and he just opens up fire on the the Fantastic Four, uh, you know spaceship. I mean, they even like they said there's a giant four print on the side of it. You're going to open up with your your handgun uh, at a spaceship? I mean, just it just drives me a little crazy. Um, the, the the design for the TVA uh, agents is just ridiculous. Uh, I, I dislike it at all, and the fact that Spider-Man can fall faster than meteorite to save Grandma uh, uh-huh. from being yeah. death uh, also. Yeah. So but ridiculous. he does. Ha- but he does have spider sense. Uh, but if you, you see that picture where the meteorites at in front of him as he dives to save Granny, mm. I'm just saying. You yeah, know, he, and that's the way science
0: works. Whatever. You and I have had this conversation. <laughs>
1: I was going to say, is
3: this another one of those yeah. conversations?
2: I'm not a
0: physicist, so, so he has a souped-up suit because that's the Ben
2: Riley Spider-Man. Do they? Ha- does it have rocket jets? Rocket boots? It actually does. It does. Oh. It does. yeah! Snap. If, if I could see them firing, I would. I would accept that. <laughs> but I see nowhere in that picture any type of rocket plume behind him. In fact, he's mm-hmm. holding onto a web line. sounds like someone's you
1: know angling for you know an official marvel no prize that's what it sounds like
2: reading all these 80s and 70s books uh even some 60s books recently uh on marvel unlimited i gotta say i really miss the continuity between all the books uh
0: i i really do it's why i don't read avengers anymore because it just it continuity doesn't matter and they're gonna restart it every you know 12
1: issues the reason I don't read the Avengers anymore is because the Avengers sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, the Avengers hasn't been decent since Hickman left the book. That's how long it's been yeah, since there's been not a Avengers book.
2: Yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah, it yeah. is fair. Yeah, I but mean,
1: hey, um, I, I'm sorry. I'm talking. I'm talking right over you, Andrew. Right so,
3: over you. I mean, he's excited. He's excited, excited to excited. talk about Geiger. I, I, you know,
1: I. Was not expe- I was expecting to spend my seven ninety nine on this book, Paul, and bitch at you afterwards. I was completely braced to do that. I and, mean, I, I, you know, I, I, I hit buy on Comicsology, and I turned to the wife and I said, "I am going to chew Paul's ass."
3: Well, and I know, <laughs> and, and 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 as soon as George Washington fucking oh pulled God. out a spell, you were sold, weren't you?
1: <laughs> Superhero George Washington is the best thing ever.
3: Yeah. And I love all of the references to
0: Thomas Paine as well. Yeah.
1: Oh my God, this, this book is good.
0: And so, I, you know, so I was good.
1: excited. I was mildly excited at the end of, of uh, the first arc of Geiger, where they teased all these different Geiger Universe comics that were going to come out. And I remember thinking, that red coat looks pretty interesting.
3: Red coat rocks. And, and yeah, considering I, Brian Hitch's on art. He, yes. he he actually knocked it out of the park. I would say.
1: Yeah,
3: yeah. This yeah, is I a collection of a
0: bunch of stories, and I'm pretty sure Redcoat was my favorite. Yeah.
1: Well, and it is, it is Brian Hitch's best work, in probably ten years.
3: Yeah. I would I say. I mean, it,
1: without a doubt. Um, and there's so much to like here. And the stories that I liked less, I still liked. I just didn't like them as much as perhaps Redcoat or, or the
3: secret origin of Barney. Uh, I uh, I love this book. Yeah, I like that. You know, so the we so the the unnamed. So they're setting up this unnamed, um, you know, series of books from Jeff Johns and and Mad Ghost, uh, which is his production, I guess, house. And so you know, you've got characters like Redcoat, the Northerner, Junkyard Joe, American Widow X, Geiger. So the, it, and it's kind of you know, it even goes over the continuity of when these characters. Story arcs take place, and then you get basically kind of tales from the crypt, short yeah. stories set within Las Vegas, of Geiger. And don't get me wrong; those were not as good as as I thought the superhero introductions. You know the Barney stuff and the the red coat stuff at the beginning of the book, but none of them were bad. Right? Yeah.
0: Some yeah. of them I really enjoyed. Some of them I didn't. I wouldn't say I cared for all of them. But I really enjoyed the hunting one.
3: Yeah, and I liked the one about the um. Gosh, I like. I mean, I don't know. Like, I liked the the Kelly Jones one. I thought that was like really morbid. Um, yeah. the one about yeah. the the casino, the like Transylvanian themed casino, at the, at the Karloff. The Karloff, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I'm I'm curious about Junkyard Joe. I, like, yeah, I the World I, War II I, uh, robot guy. I, uh, I I very much enjoyed the junkyard Joe.
1: I, I gotta tell you I was surprised by how charmed I was by the secret origin of Barney. Yeah uh, yeah And it's that one scene, it's that one panel where uh, Geiger opens up the sack after he has you know left the burning uh, uh, library. And the, you know, two headed Barney's looking up from him in the sack and just got those big wide innocent puppy eyes. You know, two headed two headed hound. Uh
0: I just I was like, Oh <laughs> well, and I love that I I had a
3: dog. You've got a you know, you've got big shoes yeah. to fill. Yeah. That's right. Well and the Jeff Johns can write a good uh good pet Because remember yeah. the um the cat story from uh the Red Lantern cat? Yeah. 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 Jeff Johns, he knows he knows how to tug at those uh, animal heartstrings of ours.
1: Yeah, I, I this was such a strong book. Uh, it really, I think, it sets the table. I think for a successful launch for all these titles they're looking to do. I, I I'm excited. I, I I haven't been this excited in a while.
3: I need I need that first issue of Red Coat as soon now. as possible. Yeah.
0: Now, yeah. <laughs> I want more
3: details on. The cult of George Washington. Yeah, that's so yeah. so so cool. Like I mean, I, like I you know it was I think it's three pa- or four pages into the tale where George Washington whips out like this Doctor Strange esque yeah. spell, and I'm like, fuck yes. Yeah, I mean, and he shoots <laughs> that... George
0: Washington in the head, and he yeah. gets back up. Yeah, you know
1: I I post a video every year. Uh, it's that George Washington. Uh, Uh, animated video every year about, you know, George Washington's, you know, godlike powers. And the, the, the the song from that was just in my head (laughs) the minute George Washington threw out a spell. It was so fucking cool. Yeah. So good. You know, I don't want to see anybody else, any of our other presidents, you know, being sorcerers, but uh, George Washington, that's okay. That's cool. I agree. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Hey, Paul. Yes, sir.
1: What's coming out next
3: week? Well, since we're on Image Comics, I should mention that Mark Miller's King of Spies issue three comes out next week, and it's only it's issue three of four, so the penultimate Ooh. issue of King of Spies. It, it, it feels like we're reading uh, Mark Miller's, uh, you know, I feel like there's going to be a Netflix movie coming very soon uh-huh. based yeah, on I King of ho- Spies. I would hope so. Hopefully with Piers Broston as the uh, the lead mm. character. I, I, well, could I, mean, yeah. Yeah, I could see yeah. that. Yeah, I can see that. From Marvel Comics, we have the fourth issue of Devil's Reign, continuing that story arc that uh, Wayne and I have been reading. And from uh, DC Comics, we have uh, new issues of Joker, uh, Superman, Son of Kal-El. We have the first issue of, oh, excuse me, and we have the first issue of Suicide Squad Blaze from Simon Spurrier and Aaron Campbell that we talked about, I think, a, a week or two ago, Yeah. Uh, the ad for. So, I, I don't know what the interior art looks like, but uh, book one comes out next week.
1: Nice. The cover's, the cover's pretty hot. Mm-hmm. It's very
3: hot. Yeah. So, is that it, Paul? Is that all that's coming out? Yeah, it's pretty much just it. A,
1: yep, that's it. <laughs> Alright, that's it. That's, that's it. enough. All all right, mean, good I, good I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but
3: Suicide Squad is a $6 book. I mean, you know. Yeah.
1: These, uh, these uh, eight dollar books uh you know like we we paid this week i don't get me wrong the quality was there for geiger but damn i i, I don't need that in my well, life you know
0: the page count was there for geiger yeah. it was it was eighty. that's pages. why i don't mind that extra price it's when that extra price is there and the page count isn't that it pisses well, me off
1: and the quality i mean yeah. you, you know they really stuck the landing on the 80 page giant but in some of these other books where they're charging me more you know it's uh it's uh it's just not there yeah so i Anyway, but, you know, that's a tired argument. You know, I I know everyone's tired of hearing me talk about, uh, you know, don't give me the reprint in the back of the book. You know, uh, just charge me for the 22 pages of the story. But anyway, hey, we want to know what you thought about this week's books. Give us a call. 972-763-5903. That number once again, 972-763-5903. If we use your voicemail on the show, you could win a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise.
3: You can also hit us up on social media, IOMGeek, on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. What a deal!
1: Well, hey, guys, we'll do it all over again next week, and hopefully there'll be something nearly as
3: exciting as the uh, Geiger 80-page Oh Well, we have season finale of Mando to talk about. <laughs> Boba Fett, I mean. The book of Mando Fett, next week. <laughs>
1: season 2.5 We'll catch you then. <laughs>